of thy life within me. Uh, uh, we'll sing all four stanzas. Indeed, how wonderful is your salvation for us? How amazing is your grace? And as we now gather your feet to listen to your words, we pray that you give us hearts and ears that are open unto you. And as we rest upon your grace, we want to look unto you. And we ask that Lord you would speak unto us. And speak unto us not only to our ears and to our minds, but you would speak to our hearts. We commit this time to you, may the Holy Spirit lead. We pray this in Jesus' precious name.
Good morning again, brothers and sisters. 早安，弟兄姊妹。Before we begin, let us look at a few passages in the scriptures. 所以，我们开始之前，我们看几处圣经。We'll start with John chapter three. 我们看约翰福音第三章。We'll read verses thirty-two and thirty-three. 我们读三十二节、三十三节。And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies. And no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. 他将所见闻的见证出来，只是没有人领受他的见证。那领受他见证的，就应上应，证明神是真的。Another passage later on in John 19. 然后约翰福音第十九章。We'll read verse 35. 我们读第三十五节。And he who has seen has testified, and his testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, so that you may believe. And then to the book of First John, chapter five. 然后约翰一书第五章 We'll read verses eleven and twelve. 第十一节、十二节 First John, chapter five, verse eleven. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. 亲爱的弟兄啊，神既是这样爱我们，我们也当彼此相爱。从来没有人见过神，我们若彼此相爱，神就这见证就是神赐给我们永生，这永生也是他儿子里面。人有人有有了神的儿子就有生命，没有神的儿子就没有生命。And finally,、uh, in John 15, 好，约翰福音第十五章。John 15 verses 26 and 27. 约翰福音十五章二十六节、二十七节。But when the Helper comes. Whom I sent, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. 但我要从父那里差保惠师来，就是从父出来真理的圣灵，他来了就要为我做见证，你们也要做见证。因为你们从起头就与我同在。So brothers and sisters, you know, in today's society,、uh, we have a little bit of a strange phenomenon、uh, called social media. 在现代的社会里，我们今天有一个特别的一个情况，就是呃，说到这个呃呃，社会社会传。Uh, there are so many platforms where you can express yourself. 
所以你有不同的方法可以跟其他的人联系 You have Facebook, you have LinkedIn, you have Twitter, you have Instagram 你有脸书,还有什么一大堆其他的 and, and it's interesting because you can actually go online and without you knowing me, you can Google and look me up 如果你不认识我,你可以到Google,然后你就可以找到我这个人 And you can recreate an online persona 然后你可以其实在网络上,你就可以设一个好像是这个人似的 and even though you don't know anything about me, you get a glimpse of ah, okay, maybe I know Lawrence. There are companies that actually do that. But you know why is it strange? Is because the, the, the fact is what is the online persona is oftentimes quite different than reality. And it's almost like it's not even real anymore. Uh, which is why people stop using Facebook. Because on Facebook, I mean, you only find pictures that are just the most amazing pictures. Like on vacations, it, it never rains. And everyone looks perfect in their posts. Or, or you, if you go onto LinkedIn, it looks like everyone is a chief executive something officer. I actually find it quite depressing every time I go on Facebook or LinkedIn because it looks like you know everyone is having such an amazing life except me. But how much of it is actually reality? And brothers and sisters, when it comes to our testimony as Christians, what is, what is our experience? Does our testimony accurately reflect our Christian experience? Or is our testimony disconnected from the reality? As I sought the Lord to prepare for today, the Lord put on my heart this matter of our testimony. And it's very much related to what uh, Brother Eric Wu shared with us a couple weeks ago during Thanksgiving. Because you remember on Sunday he shared the purpose of men is to live out the glory of God. And he explained that that is living out the life of God within us. Because whenever the life of God is being lived out, there is glory. And indeed our testimony as Christians is where when the glory of God is being lived out in us. And so today I want to share not just on the importance of our testimony. But more importantly, the practice of us living a life of testimony. It on one hand seems so basic. And on the other hand, it is where 
I, I won't speak for anyone else. I feel like I also very much need the Lord's help. 另一方面，我还是觉得说，我们还是需要主来帮助我们信出来。And so I share today as a fellow student in the school of Christ.所以我是作为一个你们在基督学校的同学来跟你们分享。Trade some notes with you.所以跟你们呃交换一些的笔记。So what is our testimony?所以我们的见证到底是什么呢？We commonly think of testimony as a spoken testimony. Um，我们我们常常觉得说见证就是你要说话。like uh, on open sharing, we give a testimony on Sunday. 自由交通, or like this morning during baptism, you give a testimony of how you were saved. So while that is all true, we can go a little bit deeper. So I looked up very simply just what is the definition in the dictionary on what is a testimony? And this is what it says. It's a first hand authentication of a fact. It is a very simple definition. It's a first-hand authentication of a fact. And earlier we read in John 3, a few verses that perfectly explains how this definition actually works. In again John chapter three verses thirty-two and thirty-three. It's John the Baptist is talking about Jesus. And he's saying that what he has seen, what he has heard, that is exactly what Jesus testifies. And this is the test this is basically his testimony. And so you see in that definition, the first part of it says it's a first hand. You know, imagine if you're in the courts of law. Can you imagine that um, a prosecutor calling on a witness in a murder trial case? That the witness came up and said, Well, I actually haven't seen anything. I just heard someone said that, you know, this person uh, committed murder. Well, that's not a very convincing testimony. And so, you see, first hand means it's not something that we just heard from others. But there's an actual first-hand experience of it. It is what you went through in practice, in reality. And you see, in this verses that we just read, Jesus testified to what he has seen, what he has heard. Because he has been from the Father from the beginning. All he talks about is what the Father tells him and what they talk about. And so it is entirely consistent with that. Now in Apostle John, and when we read in John 19 as well, 
saying that he who has seen has testified. So you know, in, in Greek, that actually simply combines to a more meaningful way of saying it is it's the he's an eyewitness. And being an eyewitness is an important element of believing in the testimony. Now the second part to the definition is that it's an authentication of a fact. And we read also in John chapter 3 verses 33 that it says that Jesus' life certified that God is true. Have we not seen that throughout Jesus' time on this earth? For example, when Jesus was on the cross at the final moments, when the earth quaked, do you remember what the centurion said? He said, Truly, you are the Son of God. And so it is because those who receive Jesus also received the Father. And so you first notice that um, this testimony, right, refers to a fact, it reference a fact. Like what are we testifying of? And in first John chapter five that we read, it tells us very clearly that this is our testimony. And that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in the Son. So it's very clear that our life is in the Son. And therefore it points to Jesus. Jesus is the life that we testify to. Speak to who He is and how He is. Which is also why uh, on open sharings on Sundays, every time the, the, the brothers remind us that let our testimony be focused on not our story, but through our story, how you can see Christ in it. So, the second thing you notice about the authentication of a fact is that it doesn't say it's not acknowledging, it's authentication. So, because if it's just acknowledging, then it's like me telling you. But there's no way for you to tell. So is it true or not? How do I know? But authentication means that but it is proven to be true and real. So how do we get authenticated? How do we, how do others know that our testimony is true. Well, first John shows us very clearly that our testimony is not just about our words. But our life 
is our testimony. Our testimony is based on life and about life. I mean, a great example would be it's one thing to talk about that um, you know, God is love. But when others see that we are loving one another, putting others first, it almost goes against our human nature. That you would conclude that truly God has to be loved. Because I can see the love of God in them. Or even think about the testimony this morning. They were so short. But you can tell that it's real and authenticated. Why is that? Well, for once, well, they they are walking into the water <laughs> in the act of baptism. It's not just talking about it. And then you can also see even some of them testify how there's a change in their life. And that when you see all that together, you know that indeed glory to God. And in the Bible, in, in fact, brothers and sisters, it, it says that we are ambassadors for Christ. So what are ambassadors? You know, when companies and brands, when they select their ambassador for the brands, right? And so they look at the, the complete profile of the ambassador. Their accomplishment, their experience, what they have said, their background, their style. And they look at, you know, is the whole profile of this ambassador consistent with the image of the brand? And so when we're talking about ambassador, it speaks to our entire life profile. And this is where it gets a little tricky, right? Because we cannot choose what to publish as part of our testimony. It is the full picture of how we live every day. So unlike social media where you can only select your good testimony to post, you can't do that. And in a way our testimony is live twenty four seven. And it includes even our most stressful moments. Bao 
or we're facing the greatest challenges. And you notice that it often it is in those types of moments that defines our testimony. And so in living a life of testimony, there is an important principle. And it is the principle of consistency. Isn't it beautiful when we have all seen this? When you see a, a certain brother or sister and then they express how much they love the Lord. And you see them truly living before the Lord, walking before Him. Submitting to the Lord, submitting to the Holy Spirit. That truly the Lord is number one, first in, in the life. And it is so encouraging to see. But you know what it creates is that there's a harmony to it. It's almost like the spirit within us look at that and say, Amen. Because what is said about God is being lived out in the testimony. Uh, and it's matching, it is consistent. So when you look at this matter of being consistent, there are three aspects that are very important. The first aspect is the consistency between what we say and what we do. Jesus actually talks a lot about the importance of that consistency. And there's one group that he often refers to except as negative examples. Do you know who they are? That's right, it's the Pharisees. And so Jesus calls them the hypocrites. So in Matthew 23, there's a whole chapter dedicated to that. It says that, <coughs> this almost sounds like Yoda, but it says, they, they say and do not do. And in other words, they do not practice what they preach. And so most of us probably think that, well, but. I'm not like a Pharisee. And yet, do you know that the biggest hindrance to non-believers accepting Christ today, do you know what that is? The biggest hindrance always cited is when they see hypocrisy in the church. You know who is another group that is very affected by hypocrisy or inconsistency between what we say and what we do? So 
最大受影響的嗎? It is our youth. 就是我們的年輕人. And I just came across this study that just got published. 所以最近有一個調查這麼說, that they found that the millennials as a generation. 所以這個現在的這個草莓族, they had the lowest they had the lowest percentage that are now identify themselves as Christians. 所以他們在有史以來最少的就是說他們是基督徒這個這個百分比是最低的. It is the lowest in the US history. 所以在有史以來在美國歷史裡是最低的. And what did they cite? What was the reason? 他們提出來最大的原因是什麼? Again, number one is because of hypocrisy that they see the difference between how what people say and what people do. 最大的原因是他們發現有很多假冒為善的行為,就是父母或者是其他人就是做出來跟說出來的是不一樣的。And related to that, the other reason is because they they think that there is an alternate source of the moral standard. 所以他們也覺得說,第二就是 这个道德的标准，其实有其他的呃呃呃其他可以代替的标准。Meaning, if you're gonna do and say something different, then I might as well find my moral standard somewhere else because yours is not that high anyway.所以你做出来跟你说出来的行为不一样，所以我我宁可去找别人一样，其他们标准反而更高嘛。And you know what turned people off the most？那最令他们这个。呃,有反感的是。Is that sometimes we can fall into this trap of like big talks. 所以我们可以有很大的一些的这个教导。But tiny action. 但是我们行出来的是一点点而已。Imagine,想想看,if there's a gospel friend, you know, visiting us. 所以有福音朋友来到我们当中。And on the one hand, we pray about the love of God. 我们祷告,关乎到神的爱。And how great the love of God is. 神的爱何等伟大。And then, at break, 但是這個休息的時候,what if no one were to greet it, greet it the friend?那如果沒有人去去跟他說話的話,or when we go down for lunch,我們去吃飯的時候,everyone is trying to get food before others,所以你就搶著要到前面拿吃的。Or that somehow he walked by the trash and the trash is full and everyone just looked at it and walked away,所以看到這個垃圾滿了也沒有人丟。What we what would the gospel friend think?那福音朋友怎麼想呢?You know another thing that also really just just people cannot just really uh, turn people off. is when we have a double standard. Is we as Christians sometimes we are very good at picking up what is wrong. And then you know we correct and we rebuke. But sometimes our behavior can be very upsetting. 但是有的時候我們表現出來的是呃讓令人擔憂的。And we see this sometimes as well as an example. 所以比如說 that we would, you know, in we want to, you know, we see others caring for other brothers and sisters. 所以我們去關心到弟兄姊妹們 because they're going through something, dealing with a certain 因為他們經歷一些的難處。And then on the other hand, what happens is when then we talked the kind of we talked about them behind the back. I can't believe you know he's doing this or she's doing that. Only to have that brand sisters then heard it as a gossip from someone else. 
所以我们的问题就是在罗马书第二章里所提到的。That in judging others, you condemn yourself. Because we we who judge practice the exact same thing. And hypocrisy is very damaging to our testimony. Because when there is that inconsistency, people write off our testimony right off the bat. Why do they write it off? It's because they sense that there is a falsehood in it. That there is something that is not of the truth in our life. And you know, this is actually very easily perceived by Christians and non-Christians alike. Studies show that when you look at business in the business world or the political world, do people trust the leader? It depends on one thing. And it depends on whether they perceive that that leader means what they say. And people instinctively pick out when there is a hint of falsehood. So, when 拿这些跟主耶稣的见证比较的时候，主耶稣在地上的见证的是什么呢？Because if you look at the gospel, Jesus had a very consistent life and testimony.所以当你看主耶稣的，呃，他一生，他是非常的，呃，呃，呃，呃，一致的。He taught what he and that's he sorry he lived how he taught.所以他活出来跟他所教出来的教导的是一致的. If you remember, actually the Pharisees were trying so hard to put everyday 24-7 surveillance on Jesus to find any hint of inconsistency in his life. They really tried. But they were just not able to find anything that is inconsistent. Because there was no falsehood in the life of Jesus. And so ended up they have to make up and lie and create a reason to crucify him. Now, Francis, a second aspect to this matter of consistency. It's the consistency between our private life and our public life. Because when we study the word, we realize this matter of testimony goes beyond what we say. It goes beyond action also. It touches the matter of the heart. 
in, uh, in Jesus quoted Isaiah from this before. Where, and he said these people talking about the Israelites. These, these people, their hearts are far from me. Even though they honor me with their lips. But their hearts are far. And so throughout the New Testament and the Old Testament, you find the same theme. That the Lord hates pretense. Which is why in the Old Testament, it's an abomination to offer something to the Lord pretending this is the best. And that's why you cannot offer something that is of blemish. Because it's an abomination. Or we are really looked at in New Testament how he talked about the Pharisees wanting to just show the best to people. But the inside is full of uncleanness. And so brothers we need to we need to be careful not to fall into this trap. Where we think that what happens in our private life does not affect our testimony because other cannot see it. In Ephesians 5, it tells us, We are the children of light. And that our testimony, whether it is something that is done in secret or in open, it is made manifest in the light. And that our life, our entire life, is the testimony. There is no separation. So our we can act righteously on the outside. While our inside is full of uncleanness. That is a lie from the enemy. And I sometimes think about this. Most of us, we don't go to work with brothers and sisters. Except Nancy, I guess. Um, but will your brothers and sisters if they, if they were to go to work with you would they recognize you at work? or would they be shocked at kind of how you are at work? or vice versa is true if your co-workers join you on Sundays, will they think that you are like totally different? Brothers and sisters, we cannot live 
six days a worldly life. And then all of a sudden think that on Sunday somehow we become godly. You know, driving is a great example. And again, I'm speaking as a student of Christ. You know, we don't change how we drive just on Sundays. And so sometimes you run into brothers and sisters on the road. So and you're like shocked. And so our life is one where who we are permeates every aspect of our testimony. We can put on our best behavior. But who we truly are, it just comes out. You know, in, in Matthew, it talks about this, how, um, talking about our fruits as a tree. That our fruits don't lie. Because, yes, we can tape some apples on our tree. But if we are all orange tree, we will grow oranges. So brothers and sisters, the question is, are we a Sunday Christian? Is our testimony consistent between our private life and what is in private versus what is in public? The third aspect is this matter of consistency with a true testimony. In John 19, we read how John talks about him being the eyewitness. But it goes on to the second part of that verse that is very meaningful. Because he says that, and his testimony is true. So we, we, when you look at the word, his testimony is true. true you find actually in Greek that that is the specific word used in the Gospel of John. It's not used in any of the other Gospels. And it's actually really hard to translate that word. Because it is not actually talking about a, com- a comparison between what is true and what is false. The more accurate translation is it's a comparison to what is ideally true versus a uh, somewhat imperfect uh, imperfect representation. So and if you understand that nuance, it, you, you understand this is a big difference in how you read the Gospel of John. Because throughout it, you probably recall when Jesus talked about he's the true bread. Or uh, when he talks about being the true worshiper. 
Now you understand those verses a little bit differently. But in this instance, what is he talking about? He's talking about in referencing his eyewitnessing. It is an ideal um ideal representation of the eyewitnessing. Meaning he told you exactly what it is, there's not more, not less attitude. It's just exactly how he saw it, he tell he that's what he told So Francis says, is our testimony true? Meaning is our testimony a true representation? of the life of Christ that is within us. Or are there other things somehow mixed in with us? Because maybe yes, we have a consistency between what we do and what we say. Maybe we even have a consistency between our private life and our public life. But if our testimony is of ourselves and not of Christ, then there is something that is not true. But a true testimony is when God looks at us. Then he said, Ah, I see, I see my son. Another way is also, you know, is our testimony true? Meaning, is it is it any more than what it is, and then is it any less than what it is? Because if it is indeed a true testimony, a correct representation, it should reflect the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that is in us. And so to the extent where we have experienced Christ, that is the extent of our testimony. And brothers this is what is sometimes confusing to us. It's when we have a lot of knowledge. Because we know to talk. And we have a lot of knowledge. So we can easily look a lot more spiritual than what we are. And again, I say that as a fellow student in the school. But having that knowledge, as we know, does not mean that God has made that real in our life. And it is so easy for us to hide behind knowledge and routines. Especially when our testimony is not ideal. And that somehow we can just kind of hide behind it because we can we know how to look spiritual. And recently at the at the uh, training conference, you heard brother share last week about the emphasis on this matter of having a living word. 
And the Lord touched my heart to see that this is not just a matter for preachers. But it is a matter for all of us. And this is especially true and important for the church. Because we have accumulated so much knowledge. We have teaching, we have doctrine, we know all the right answers. But how much of our life, how much of our testimony is true and living? As we preach the, the gospel, as we do the work of caring, how much of it is the aroma of life leading to life, and how much of it is the aroma of death leading to death?所以多少真的是基督的香气带进生命呢？还是多少是呃死亡的呃呃带进死亡呢？ and of course, there are those, thank the Lord, that truly have a living testimony. But if we look at the overall condition of the church, I can feel the grief that is in the Lord's heart. Because how weak is the testimony of the church today? And how the work of the church is barely living. And I wonder if we sometimes don't even realize that we have become the church of Laodicea. That we think we have already sufficient. We already have everything. That we don't need any more. While the fact is, we do not have. It seems like such a high bar. But we're all called to be royal priests for God. We are his testimony on this earth. And there's a lot at stake. He committed his name to us. So that those who are unsaved can look upon our testimony and, and be saved. And there are many in this world seeking life. And he's looking for us for that living work. And so Francis, is our testimony true? Do we live a true representation of the life of Christ that is in us? Now, whenever we talk about things like this, what is our common reaction? When the Holy Spirit reviews that there is maybe some inconsistency in our life. We feel like, oh, well then I need to fix it. Well then I'll, 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 I'll do something to make it consistent. And so, for example, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded when, for example, there's a, there's a message on loving one another. And so, um, 
you know, then we're all reminded by the message. So we and so again, you know, on Sunday during lunch, everyone is full of love all of a sudden. And that what happens afterwards? It lasts one week. The last two weeks, maybe three, and then somehow we revert kind of back to who we are. I think many of us had the experience of just trying so hard to produce that testimony in us. Only to find that somehow we keep reverting back. Or if even if we succeeded, that the word of our testimony didn't really have impact. You know, this may sound strange. But I'm going to say it. But the first step towards um, uh, living a life of testimony is trying. Because if we have never even tried ourselves, then we have a different issue. Because then the Holy Spirit needs to review to us. But once we see the gap, our reaction is always that we need to then do something about it. But you see, if you never try, you never realize why you need to stop trying. But the fact is, the life of testimony is not one where we can manufacture it based on our own self-efforts. Because it always turns bad. Look at the example of the Galatians. The self-effort turned it into into um, trying to achieve sanctification by through the law. Through circumcision. Or look at the Colossians. What did that turn into? It turned into some rules about food. Or festivals. In order to for them to achieve salvation. And I know it can feel so complicated at times. Because we have to remember, oh, I have to remember to do this, I have to remember to follow that, obey this. But now contrast this to times that we might have also experienced. When we felt like we're not ready. We're not ready to to care for this brother or sister. And somehow the Holy Spirit is like pushing you, like you know, say something. And you don't even know what you really said. But you said some very simple words of encouragement. And somehow the brother and sister is really encouraged. Well, why is that? Well, it is because the Holy Spirit always leads us to life. The Holy Spirit is the key to living the life of testimony. 
We already read in John 15 how the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. And as He dwells in us, we also testify because the Holy Spirit always causes us to touch life. As he calls us to remembrance of what Jesus has said. As he teaches us in all things. I think Paul puts it most beautifully. That there is a simplicity in Christ. And there's a simplicity to living a life of testimony. <laughs> Only when we stop trying ourselves so hard. In Galatians 3, Paul actually asked the Galatians. In uh, verses, uh, the first couple of verses, Paul said, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed around you as crucified? This I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, you are now being made perfect by the flesh? 1 to 3. Chapter 3. Uh, just, uh, 耶稣基督定十字架已经火化在你们眼前谁有迷惑了你们呢我只要问你们这一件你们受了圣灵是因律法吗是因听信福音呢你们既靠圣灵入门如今还靠肉身成全吗你们是这样的无知吗 so brothers and sisters, the only one thing is needed. It's for us to follow the Holy Spirit. But are we open and sensitive to the Holy Spirit? To the prompting of His leading. And, I, and again, I say this as my own lesson. I think I sometimes can be insensitized. That even the Holy Spirit is revealing to me that there is an inconsistency. Somehow I can turn a blind eye to it. Maybe it's something that you just never thought of as, as being an issue. But there always is that still small voice somehow in the back telling you, wait a second, there's something off here. But are we willing to listen? I was reminded, even in the small matter of, I said it before, like the taking out of the trash. Again, my own lesson. I find the Lord asking me sometimes, you can see that the trash is full. Why do you just look at it and look away and walk away? And sometimes I confess I don't even realize that the Holy Spirit is like, hey, look at that. 
But are we sensitive to his voice? To that to that prompting. Because it seems such a small insignificant matter. But even in matters like that, how we need the Holy Spirit. So that when we even do things like taking out the trash. It is not because of our own self-effort. It is not even because of duty. But it is because of the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. And there are also many other things in our daily life. They're really not black and white. The Bible does not explicitly say do this or don't do that. And that can be a real challenge to us being a life of testimony. Because it is not a matter of right or wrong. But it's something that requires discernment, the wisdom from the Holy Spirit. And this is even more so, Francis, is that we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Because only through listening and obeying the Holy Spirit, can we really have that life of the testimony? And then again, other brothers and sisters will look at that and say, there's an Amen. I can see the Spirit. I can see the wisdom of the Spirit. Now when we're living a life of testimony, there is a natural outcome to it. And it is the matter of having a heart for the gospel. Not just for the gospel, but really more for the unsaved. And that you have a joy of speaking to the word of salvation. It is just natural. But well, why is it natural? Why is it that there's such a natural joy? So we may remember Brother Leon shared this. When he was asking us to bring a friend at the gospel meeting. He said because we received the greatest gift of all. And if you remember Brother Lucio shared just you know not long after that. He also reminded us that because we received such grace from the Lord. And so, no matter how many years we have come to know the Lord, we find that the Holy Spirit, Spirit always brings us afresh back to the foundation of our testimony. And that is our salvation through the death of Jesus. And the amazing grace that He gave. And when we appreciate this greatest gift that we have received and what the Lord has done for us. We naturally want to share that with others. But then what puzzles me is when I look at 
but then what happened? I remember remember Leon was here telling us to bring a friend every week. So Leon's Every week he asks us to pray and to find someone to pray for and pray. And that it's always a little bit like pulling teeth. And that he would also invite brothers and sisters to let's go pray upstairs for so the friends. And there's always a relative, relatively small group that would go. Many are the same. And I remember even one week there were five people. And I would do the Ezra math as I said. Um, if, if there are 400 of us that's like 1%. And I don't know why, but at times it almost seems like the, the, the work and the burden for the gospel somehow only belongs to the few that are involved in the service. And I remember talking to a few brothers and sisters about, like, well, why is that? And a few of the answers, they have the same thing. And they said, well, it's because I don't have a burden. And on the one hand, I understand, oh, of course, well, if you don't have the burden, then you, we can't do it out of self-effort. But I really asked the Lord, but Lord, is that normal? I really wrestled it with it in my heart. And the Lord pointed me to the early churches in the first century. How you look at the Gospels and in Acts, they see all the early meetings actually are all Gospel meetings. And in, in, in how the early Christians lived, that the life of testimony was hand in hand with preaching of the Gospel. In other words, the burden for the gospel was natural to living a life of the testimony. And let me clarify, I'm not talking about you know all 400 people somehow practically getting involved with doing different tasks. Because of course we won't even fit in the room. But I am talking about having that burden in our hearts. That burning fire in our hearts for the unsaved. That when when we are facing a gospel meeting, we, we, we really in our heart sought the Lord, who is it that you want me to bring? How should I invite him? How do I how do I pray for him every day? And I would follow up not just for this meeting, but I would keep going to him and this is maybe today is an opportunity for us to really examine ourselves. To see if there are any inconsistency that may be in our life that is hindering us from feeling free for the gospel's work. 
Because you see, if we have certain inconsistency, we have, we have, if we have to lose testimony, it is very hard to to make the invitation to our friends. But if we have a true and consistent testimony, it should be a natural burden. We have received the greatest gift of salvation. We received such grace from the Lord. Francis, let us be those that would share the joy. Share the word of good news. And to wrap up, I wonder if sometimes we have gotten ourselves too advanced as Christians. So advanced that maybe we can at times even neglect the basics. But that God is calling us to return to the basics. It is true whether you're Christian for four days. It is also true if you're Christian for forty years. But the Lord is looking for that living reality in our life. Testimony that is true, that is consistent. Because we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And at the same time, when we look at our testimony, it's easy for us to look inwards. And then we see how we fall short. But Francis, let us remember, this is his testimony. Not our testimony. He is responsible for his testimony. And all we need to do is to look to him, not at ourselves. Let's remember, he is the author and finisher of our faith. That means from the beginning until the end of the journey, that so he is each step with us. And he will bring it to completion. We just need to cooperate with May the Lord speak to us. Let us have a season of prayer.
for the one for the YouTubers to enable us to live out the testimony of our Christ Jesus to grow by you. Lord, we thank you. All the glory belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus,这样不忍不热的时候 让我们身心在我们的里面的耶稣基督里面，有着给我们的负担，能够呃主啊，带着你自己的丰富，带着你自己的恩典和你的信实，和你的怜悯，愿我们开口主啊，来把这个福音能够来宣讲，主啊，你
感谢您把这些荣耀见证的根基向我们显明，让我们投手和看见的见证都是真实的，让我们用生命去经历基督在十字架上的一切经历，去经历见证荣耀主的名，在基督这所永远的学校里，让我们在主身体的光中见光，看到圣灵的智慧，在主里合一，在彼此相爱的，在彼此相爱中活出主的和谐。让圣灵带领我们活出主生命的荣美，直到永远，把一切的荣耀归于主。以上祷告，奉主耶稣基督的名。Father, we thank you for your love. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you have given us each other. And may we live out that life of Christ. May we be your testimony in this earth, Lord. And in that school of Christ, Lord, may we see your wisdom, love one another. May your spirit lead. Lead us to live out that life of Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Jesus,求你自己来恩待我们，帮助我们，把我们做母亲的，把我们做妻子的，都能够舍身在我们的家中。主耶稣，求你自己来恩待我们，帮助我们，把我们做母亲的，把我们做妻子的，都能够舍身